Hey, man. How's it going, Chop? All right, buddy. Pretty excited about today's interview. Yeah, it uh, it should be excellent. Yeah, I really like Voivod. Yeah, it's a different band. There's only one band sounds like Voivod, man. So right. Yeah, I think you can definitely hear how they've influenced other bands, um, like like Primus and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's up, never... Brad? Howdy, it's, fellas. It uh, it feels weird coming back. I have to tell you. Yeah, it does. You know, it's like I was kind of um. A lot. First back in three months, and we're talking about our fucking ailment. <laughs> That's right. We got a lot of catching up to do. I know. I know. Yeah, and um, you know, I think the best thing for your anxiety, uh, Joe, would be to uh, enjoy the Smoke enjoy weed. some baking. Yeah, I Kim and I went up I, to. I, uh, I tried one of the gummies. Uh, I what was the orange one. Oh yeah, the um, center. Yeah, and it was uh, it's nice. It made me relaxed. Yeah, it's only five milligrams, so it's not crazy, you know, crazy strong. Like these new ones that I got from Loom, because we went up there last weekend, week before last, rather, and these are Mr. X, inspired by um, uh, Carl Sagan, who wrote an essay on cannabis as Mr. X. Oh. So here's all these, these are like 20 milligrams. These are like four times the size, you know, I just, so I cut them into quarters. Um. But yeah, I've been I've been really uh, just enjoying the uh, cannabis lifestyle, you know. So really, just pretty much every day, you know. Yeah. Like if I'm tired, I you know I have some sativa, some mm -hmm. you know help me mental clarity and focus. But in the evenings, I want to fucking unwind, you know. And between the gummies and this fucking Harry Potter strain, Jesus Christ, this is good stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're a fiend. That's all you want to talk about anymore? Is I know, I know. It's, I got a lot of God, years to so, catch up on. You're so obsessed. I, got, I should be wearing my hat. I know. I, I hey, OCPD is it's obsessive compulsive as part of that diagnosis. You he's know, not where he has two friends on the show with him right now. He's a fuck it. You know, I'm just obsessed with weed. I don't care about you guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hi, bonjour, Michelle. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Fantastic. It is so nice to meet you. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Heavy Metal Horror. Hey, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. Um, we are all very excited to uh, to talk with you. Um, we had just been catching up. This is our first show back. We took a few months off um, from doing the show. We we started the show about uh, 18, almost two years ago. And mm -hmm. we went straight for a good 18, 19 months. And we're like, Let, let's just take some time off. We've been doing <laughs> this for a while. Let's just slow down. And uh, so this is our first show back of the new season. So it's really exciting for us. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Excellent, excellent. So you doing pretty well today? Nice and sunny, or from I see from where you're at. It's uh, there's a snowstorm in Montreal, uh, but I, which is okay, you know, it's uh, it's the winter, right? <laughs> right. All, it's all good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Unlike most people, I'm a I'm a fan of winter. I don't I don't mind the the snow and the cold. I I enjoy it. I, I don't yeah, like heat. Yeah, uh, Voivoda, we formed in northern Quebec, and it was pretty cold there. We we had the Norton lights and everything in a long winter, oh, wow. so I'm I'm pretty used to it. Actually, Montreal is a, a warmer. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of winter as well. You know, I, I have it cold and hot. It's easy to get warmed up, but not so much to cool off. So I'm not, I'm ready for summer. Bring <laughs> oh, chop. He's like the sore thumb that won't go away. Yeah. So, uh, we're in we're, Northern Ohio here. So it's yeah, well, yeah. Northern Ohio. So it's, we're, you know, it's a pretty, pretty long winter. Yes. Yeah, yes. Pretty dreary. Yeah, especially this year in USA, it's been strange. Um, uh, from what I saw in the news in Buffalo and all that, you know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they, they got they, they got absolutely buried. They got dumped about five feet of snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, about mm-hmm. probably about uh, was it twenty seven centimeters? Or I'm gonna guess. No, no, is it two centimeters per inch? I can't do metric, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> 50, 50 centimeters of snow. Yeah, yeah. actually for hundred. Yeah, for us it's been pretty mild winter, really. Mm-hmm. The the temperatures mm-hmm. have been pretty mild and uh, not very much snow, so it's been pretty easy so far. Cool. Yeah, not bad. Just just yeah. the one, just over Christmas, it was really cold, but it, yeah. you know, not not so bad at all. So, well, Michelle, do you have any questions for us, or would you like to uh, to get going? Oh, um, I just want to uh, to be sure. Uh, what is the concept of your show? Uh, I, I just know the title of the show, so. Uh... Is it about horror movies or? Uh... We only adhere into that. <laughs> right. We discuss uh, both horror films and heavy metal or, or music of different genres. So Chop right. Top and I are both horror fans. Dreadbull is not so much a horror fan, but we all love similar kinds of music. So um, our questions focus on depending on who the guest is we we could definitely talk about um horror but i also really want to talk about your new album because i'm an ultraman fan as well so um yeah so yeah we ask a lot of questions we have some fun games we we try not to do the same kind of like boring questions that you're going to get when you go on tour you know this later this year so we, we just try to have fun sure all right well we're going to do our fantastic intro and then we are going to get right to it all right. Hey, this is Michael Gilbert from Flotsam and Jetsam, and you're watching Heavy Metal Horror. I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, and this one's going to be ultra-synchro-anarchistic. Dreadful. And you are watching and listening to Heavy Heavy Metal Horror. Oh, kiddies, welcome to Season 2. Ooh, getting the rust off. First episode in months, but we've got a great guest. We've got Michel Langevin. From Boyvod, Michel, welcome to Heavy Metal Horror. Hey, salut! <laughs> <laughs> My French is pretty bad, so I was, was that close? Is it Langevin? Is that close? It's perfect, actually. Okay. Nice. Well done. Yeah. I, I learned only one thing when I took Sank semesters of Francaise. I did something right. Good. Right. I can ask for a lot of cheese and I could I can do I can say swear <laughs> words. That's about it. Um I took sure. French, but I failed. So sorry <laughs> there you go. Right. I will not even attempt. <laughs> um Michelle, we'd like to ask uh you know, we'd like to start off with some background questions and then we're going to, you know, we have some fun games and we're going to have a good time. So uh, when did you first get into music? Oh, um, I was uh, maybe around 
nine or ten uh, and really got into the Beatles. And um, uh, it, it actually, <clears throat> I was uh, walking uh, uh, down the street when I was a kid and I saw the neighbor, a kid, uh, and um, he was in a family, you know, they were like kind of the partridge family. Uh, like this, the father had uh, the whole family. They were, were all in a band, and uh, they were called the Teddy Boys. And um, um, anyhow, anyhow, the kid was uh, sitting on the sidewalk with an acoustic guitar, playing Beatles songs and singing fake lyrics because we're French, you know. And uh, <laughs> and anyhow, he knew all the chords and everything. And then um, he explained to me, oh. Uh, you know, um, I'm in a band with my family, <laughs> and I was really impressed. So I went to his place, and in the living room, they had like gear from the 60s and early 70s all over the place. And I immediately um, checked out the drums. Uh, it was uh, sparkly, uh, and also the symbols reminded me of flying saucers. So I was immediately attracted to it. And uh, so he, he played me the Beatles albums that his. Uh, uh, older brothers had and um, uh, I was uh, really hooked and um, the the older brother uh, who was the owner of the drum kit he had uh, hidden uh, the drumsticks so uh, nobody could play on it so we found his uh, pool cues <laughs> and we cut, we, we cut them up. <laughs> he was furious. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyhow, that was my first experience trying to play the Beatles uh, with the uh, pool cues on the drum kit. And I loved, I loved it. I was hooked. And uh, so I, from then, you know, uh, like in the mid 70s, um, I was maybe around 12, uh, I asked for uh, Kiss Alive One for Christmas. And I got it. And uh, <laughs> so the whole family were like, uh, put it on, put it on. And then I put it on. And they're like, take it off, take it off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know you win when people That's run great. away from your music. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I was uh, playing the Peter Chris stuff and all that. And then my uh, sister, uh, uh, older sister, uh, had a new boyfriend. And uh, he showed up. Um, uh, with um, uh, like a muscle car with eight track tapes of uh, Deep Purple in Rock, Led Zeppelin to uh, Uriah Heep, uh, Demons and Wizards, and um, stuff like that. You know, my mind was blown. Uh, that's where I realized I still had a lot to learn <laughs> on drums uh, because these drummers were incredible. You know, yeah. and um, so. You know, it just I just moved into uh, uh, heavier and heavier stuff, you know, from Kiss and Alice Cooper to Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, and all that. And uh, so I was trying to uh, uh, learn the hard rock uh, material on drums. But since prog rock was huge in Quebec, I was learning, yes, Genesis, Van der Graaff, Generator, King Crimson at the same time. Uh, so trying to uh, instantly uh, blend the two, I didn't know it was possible uh, until I saw, um, in I think it was 78, um, the band UK with Terry Bozio, uh, they, uh, they were opening for Jethro Tull, and um, it's really where I realized that a uh, prog rock drummer could really rock, and so um, uh, I uh, sort of kept going into that direction, uh, until um, <clears throat> um, I discovered uh, the pistols, the dam, and 
so my style became more tribal on times uh, and uh, but I was um, uh, mainly concentrating on doing art uh, and I didn't take the drums that seriously uh, until I uh, saw and heard uh, the first Iron Maiden album. It's really where in 1980 uh, uh, with the new wave of British heavy metal, it was like a new decade. Uh, uh, we were all 16 or 17. That was our music. And it's really where I started thinking, man, I'd love to play drums, you know, uh, as a living. But it seemed impossible, you know, uh, coming from northern Quebec and all that. So I actually uh, quit school. Uh, I waited to uh, quit school um, until uh, the Warren Payne album came out in 84. And then it had a pretty good impact. And uh, I, I realized maybe uh, we could uh, make it professionally, you know. And this year is our 40th anniversary. Yes, so congratulations. Happy, happy anniversary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's well, an amazing accomplishment. That right is. There. Yeah, 40 and you're still years going strong, visits. you know. Right. Well, yeah. It's not like Voivod has fizzled at all. No, <laughs> no. If anything, I, I think your music's gotten more complex, you know, and, and, but yeah. maintaining this really hybrid between the heavy and the prog. You know, it's distinctively Voivod, you know, which is what I really like about the band. We we uh, actually, uh, starting around the post-society EP, uh, uh, we we uh, started to go back into that fusion metal uh, direction. And uh, it's, a, it's a great challenge, you know, um, uh, all these intricate uh, beats and um, uh, time signatures. And uh, so, but it's just great. I feel at ease with it because... Uh, like I said, I learned to play on heavy metal, but also uh, with uh, uh, the Soft Machine, Magma, and King Crimson. So it's all good, you know. It's yeah, interesting you plus, talk about yeah. And plus, it's been really well accepted, you know, uh, that that new fusion metal the thing with the twist that we have. Uh, the uh, the people love the latest material. Uh, so it's uh, it, it gives us confidence that we can... Uh, experiment sonically and all that with string quartets or uh, brass quintets or you know uh, like we did at the Montreal Jazz Festival or, so we're just going to explore uh, new territories since uh, it seems like we are appreciated for it. Yeah Singer Anarchy I was going to say what a magnificent album and it was definitely in my top 10 of 2022 so kudos on that that was fantastic one of your best. Oh, thank you very much it was a very uh, strange and unusual uh, process because uh, when we came back from uh, touring with Guar in Europe in 2019, uh, we took we took a, a bit of a break for the holidays, and then we we started uh, in early uh, 2020 uh, recording ideas that we uh, had recorded in the uh, in the tour bus, and um, uh, but all of a sudden in mid March 2020 everything stopped and the pandemic hit us and we couldn't have access to our uh, rehearsal space anymore. So we uh, first looked at what we had in the bank and we on the 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 wake tour we had recorded the Montreal Jazz Fest and the Quebec City Summer Fest. So we were able to release uh, an EP and a vinyl a live album. Uh, the, the End of Dormancy EP and also the Lost Machine live album. But at the same time, we're trying to figure a way to write a new album while socially distancing. So I was uh, programming the drums uh, 
for the demos. And uh, we are trading files with, uh, with Dropbox and we synced uh, on uh, Logic Pro. And so um, um, that was a, quite a learning process. Uh, but um, I think we came out of it um, better equipped for future uh, releases. And uh, um, of course, it's only uh, in 2021 that... Um, uh, we were able to uh, get into a studio and that's where everybody morphed, uh, everything morphed into a Voivod material. Uh, but uh, for a while we were uh, uh, working on it uh, like uh, uh, without even meeting up, you know, so it was quite a puzzle. Yeah, if that would have happened in the early days, you'd have been just completely screwed. There's no way you would have been able to get together or share ideas or music, you know. It, yeah. it's, it, luckily, it happened when it did, where you had some tools at your disposal where you could still do some work and still collaborate a little bit and, yeah, and create that's things. Unbe- yeah, it's true. That's unbelievable what we can do now. And mm-hmm. uh, everything is uh, being uh, more convenient, of course. Like back in the days, I was... Uh, shipping my uh, paintings to burden or la <laughs> and now i use wetransfer.com so yeah so it's, uh, it's a new era and we we try to use it uh, as much as we can and i think that in a way it gave uh, a style to the album uh, where um every everything became very surgical and then at um uh, at one point we had leftovers that we were sticking together uh, bits of songs and uh, so it we, that's why I think uh, on Synchro Anarchy, there are songs where we uh, turn on a dime like we did uh, during the Dimension Hat Ross or Nothing Face days, you know. Uh, but uh, but I, I think that uh, because um, uh, Chewy and uh, Rocky are fans of all Voivod eras, I can hear elements of uh, uh, all the eras onto that album with that new fusion metal twist. So, uh, but yeah, it was quite an accomplishment. And um, um, it, uh, now, I mean, uh, it's been on uh, many um, end of the year uh, lists. So it's it's great. And plus, we started touring internationally and we were afraid that um, people would be reluctant to show up, but the places were packed. So it's, yeah, we have a great momentum. And uh now there are three or four generations of people uh, into Voivod with uh, people with kids on their shoulders. And uh, <laughs> it's really amazing. That yeah, is, going back is... to those early days, you talked about your uh, all the influences, you know, from the Beatles onto Kiss and those guys and some of the punk that came in later. And, uh, you know, you were able to kind of uh, embrace all of those different uh, influences and kind of morph them into into your own thing and create kind of your own sound out of all out of all that and you know not not every band will embrace different things like that. I remember early Iron Maiden. You know they were getting pressured to play punk because that was what was really popular back then, and they were like, "No yeah. way, you know that's just not us." But yeah. uh, can you talk a little bit about that and just your willingness to go ahead and embrace that stuff? And then yeah. how, how do you, how do you take all that and make make it your own and make something unique to you? I just uh, loved music and tried to combine uh, all the styles I could absorb. And um, um, I um, had no problems in high school going uh, from the people into hard rock to the people into punk uh, to the people into prog and hang out with everybody. And uh, um, so um, I remember uh, 
there was a deal um, at the store for uh, three albums for ten dollars, and I uh, I bought Kiss, Rock and Roll Over, Rock and Roll Over, and uh, uh, the Pistols, never mind the Bollocks, and uh, Gentle Giant, uh, The Power and the Glory. So uh, to me. It uh, you know uh, it was all great music, but there were um, people who were into one style and uh, didn't trust the other people into the other uh, style of music. Uh, was not it was not my case, and it was never the case for the the members of Voivod. So that's why we tried to uh, absorb everything we could, and like uh, when uh, what we call alternative music uh, appeared uh, with uh, Bauhaus and Killing Joke and. Uh, we absorbed that as well, uh, and industrial music and so on and so on. So uh, uh, we're pretty uh, very open-minded about everything. Uh, it's just that at times um, it sort of played against us where we put a couple of albums out that were not in sync with what was going on uh, in the mainstream, especially in the early 90s. Uh, but uh, these albums like Angel Rat and Outer Limits are very well liked now. Uh, 30 years down uh, later you know mm-hmm. so um uh, in a way we we were always evolving in a parallel dimension and um and uh, doing our own thing but it's paying off in the end and uh, as for my drum style the fact that i was able to explore many uh, styles uh, now i can play many styles these days and um uh, Chewie is quite a a composer and um, um, I have to uh, sometimes uh, really scratch my head and uh, okay, what can I play on this? And I usually have the old trick of um, one of my favorite drummers is uh, Guy Evans from Van der Graaf. And every time I heard Van der Graaf as a kid, I thought thought he was playing backwards and... uh, um so i i had this uh habit fairly young because of him of thinking okay uh normally i would play this uh, so i will play the opposite and put the snare time later and so on and it always surprises everybody in the room when we are uh, rehearsing new riffs uh, but once they get it it's it it um it, it takes a new turn and uh, another avenue so I don't even know if I answered your question very well. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> no, you did. That's that's one of the things I like about your music is that some of the the chords chosen are are almost like discordant. There's a there's a there's a discord. There's a yeah. there it's a it's a it's a sound that con- confronts and, and clashes, but it works. You know, it's these odd chords like, oh that that's that's coming out. Um and it it time changes and the chord progressions that you don't expect and that's what i think makes your music so exciting is because you can't predict what's going to happen and it doesn't sound like what you think it might and so that's i think that's one reason why we all like voivod so much is is we like prog we like metal we like prog we like we all like different styles of music and and you've incorporated so much of this and i can hear your influences on bands like primus as well as other punk bands as well so i mean you that's a that's a pretty amazing legacy that you guys have created for over 40 years yeah the chords the Voivodian chords uh, um, Piggy came up with it and uh, I know that he was influenced by guitar players that had strange chords in the first place like Alex Lifeson from Rush or uh, Robert Fripp from King Crimson Mm -hmm. 
But one day I asked I asked him, where did you find all of these chords uh, that young? And he told me that he played Emerson, Lincoln, and Palmer on guitar. So he played uh, Keith Emerson's uh, organ parts on guitar, and that's where he, he, he found most of his chords. So uh, uh, immediately he had this, uh, this uh, strange style when we uh, got together. And when uh, same with Snake. When uh, we asked Snake, um, you know, uh, can you, uh, for his audition, uh, can you learn uh, the Ripper uh, from uh, Judas Priest? And he came uh, on uh, January uh, 7th, uh, 1983, and he sang it like Johnny Rotten. So mixed with Piggy's strange chords, and uh, it, it all made sense right away in my, to my ears, you know, except that to uh, the uh, general uh, metal scene, we were a bit odd. But we, uh, as soon as we started touring, um, uh, internationally, first with Celtic Frost and then Possess and Creator, we realized that we fit right in uh, with that new trash metal movement that was exploding. Yeah. Were you guys ever pressured by labels or anything to to get steered into a more acceptable, you know, quote unquote, acceptable form of music or to do something that was maybe more popular at the time? Uh, no, uh, I think that. Uh, when we did the most commercial stuff for Angerat and Auto Limits, it was our own decision. But we were conscious that since there was a lot of money um, put in uh, by um, uh, Universal MCA, that we had to deliver something that could um, have some airplay somewhere. Uh, but even then, it was a bit too weird for the mainstream, you know. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, we. Uh, the I think we uh, the the label uh, the labels uh, we dealt with many so many labels and they always uh, trusted us with whatever we were going to uh, supply to them. Uh, it's just that when uh, Snake left the band in '94 and then we uh, we found Eric Forrest and became a trio. We wanted to go back to our uh, hardcore roots and we uh, wrote uh, the material as a trio and. Uh, um, and then uh, supplied the demos to uh, Universal uh, in 95. And uh, they thought we were too heavy and uh, they didn't know how to promote it. And uh, instead of shelving the contract, uh, they said, you're free to shop around. And which was great because at, at that time, uh, I had uh, friends on major labels that uh, had albums shelved or uh, couldn't use uh, the name anymore, like Carcass, you know. And sure. so, um, uh, yeah, it's a good thing that we had a great relationship with MCA because all of a sudden we were free to shop around and went back the indie way for uh, around the mid-90s. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess you could understand the label's uh, difficulty in promoting a band like Voivod because it's like, well, how do you describe them? Or how, It transcends you know, genre. It really it would yeah. be a <laughs> difficult, yeah. you know, yeah, from I their think perspective. That we, uh, we had a, a seven albums uh, contract with MCA. So uh, we had the, the uh, Nothing Face, Andrew Rad, The Best Of, and Outer Limits. So we could, uh, we had uh, more to offer, but uh, they just thought the new direction was too heavy for their roster. So uh, we understood, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your new album, Ultraman. 
uh it's it covers ultraman theme songs i've been an ultraman fan since i was like four years old um and and uh, just love it so when i saw this i'm like oh come on this is fantastic <laughs> so uh, are you the ultraman fan and if so what is your earliest memory of watching ultraman oh it's i would say mainly uh snake and i were big fans but so is chewie who can speak uh, japanese but i uh he uh uh, Chewie was not familiar with the older uh, episodes from the 60s, I believe, mm-hmm. um, like Snake and I were, because it was transla- translated in French when we were kids and playing on the TV, and uh, like it gave us nightmares. <laughs> and uh, it's actually... Um, I remember uh, having nightmares about some giant monsters chasing me, and, uh, and uh, whenever I would uh, see an episode... And um, I don't know if you remember how it started with this abstract imagery and a sort of uh, abstract music as well. It was yeah, the paint swirls, right? That's it. Yeah, it was always scary uh, when it uh, and uh, uh, the thing is also whenever um, I would see an episode, the um, uh, my first uh, instinct was to draw the monster I had seen in the episode. So these were my uh, the, my early drawings were based on Ultraman and nice. So so when we were doing the Synchro Anarchy uh, sessions and uh, we um, we were looking for bonus track for uh, let's say the Japanese release or and it's Chewie came up with the idea we should do Ultraman and then we thought oh, okay then you could sing the Japanese uh, of Japanese verse and so um, uh, but the thing is uh, we uh, in between the um, intro team and the outro team we decided to include um the battle battle uh, scene uh, music every uh, episode there is a battle uh, between an ultraman and the monster and then uh, there's always this very cool music happening then and then we decided to include that in the music and that's where it became a problem where uh, the victory team which is the battle scene uh, is not the same publishing company as the intro and outro scene and uh, by the time we've were able, uh, like the publishers saw it as a medley. And by the time we got the rights for the whole thing, it was too late to put it on the Central Anarchy album. And uh, so we thought, okay, then let's release a vinyl and uh, for the Opet tour that we did in the fall uh, last year uh, in Europe. And uh, so uh, so that uh, then we're trying to figure out um, a b-side for the whole thing and uh for the synchro anarchy album uh, we had a special edition where we added a show that we uh, played at north where we uh, formed uh in 2018 it's called return to morgat and it was a 35th anniversary show and we had lost the anchor <laughs> so on the bonus for synchro anarchy there's only uh, there's the show without the anchor, so we tracked down the anchor, found it, and put it on the B side of the uh, EP uh, Ultraman EP. So it was a great experience, you know. Uh, um, uh, tried to make actually we're just trying to make everything available that we can uh, uh, to the people into Voivoda. We we always feel that they they've been so loyal, and we always feel that they deserve it. Uh, and but um, 
I must say that um, not that many people know about Ultraman at all, and that we didn't know. <laughs> it's huge in Japan. I mean, there, there's a brand new yeah. Ultraman movie, Shin Ultraman, just yes. came out, and there's yeah. a, a brand new Ultraman series. It's like the 30th series or something like that. It's yeah, wow. it's it's ongoing. It's like SpongeBob is here in the states. It's it's just <laughs> everywhere, all the time, every day. Um, have you yeah. ever met any of the Ultraman actors? No, Science Patrol. Uh, no, but we um, um, we probably gonna have to play it next time we play Tokyo, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that would be, be awesome. That, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I I met uh, Ben Furuya, who was in the uh, suit, the suit actor who did you know Ultraman. Yeah, um, it's very very cool. Yeah. Um, so if you ever uh, are in Chicago in July, there's a festival called G-Fest. It's a celebrates Godzilla and other Japanese giant monster stuff, and often these. Uh, actors will come and their guests for the weekend so um yeah i'll send you some information if you're interested but i know you got a busy 2023 so oh yeah man yeah. that 40 that 40th anniversary uh tour we're gonna be doing is um it's already uh the the dates are coming at me and uh, uh yeah it's um starting in april uh in europe uh, and then uh may um uh, in the USA, June in Europe again, um, and then um, at, uh, I think uh, August in Europe again, and then in the fall USA again. So wow. uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's going to be very very busy, uh, which is great. Uh, starting fairly soon, so trying to wrap everything up before we go for a long while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Well, speaking of touring, uh, do you prefer playing smaller venues or larger arenas? I mean, from a fan's point of view, uh, being close to a band is really fantastic. But what's it, you know, from your point of view? Oh, I like them all, man. And uh, I like uh, everything is very different. Uh, we uh, The last tour we did with Uppet uh, last fall, uh, we played giant venues. But then after that, we had shows on our own in Italy, Greece, and uh, also um, uh, Turkey. And uh, uh, these were on smaller clubs on our own. And the vibe was amazing everywhere, all the way through. And we've played um, with Jason Newstead. We played the Ozfest when he was also playing with uh, Ozzy. So it was another setup uh, uh, for the whole summer of 2003. We went across USA playing the Ozfest and it, it was amazing. So I have like great memories of uh, uh, all the uh, all the set, setups, you know, but uh, like uh, that there, there is one thing that struck me is um, uh, maybe... Um, Four or five years ago, we played with uh, Metallica in Quebec City in front of 100,000 people. <laughs> and uh, the next day, we played a surprise show in the street uh, um, for the, the street people. And I was more nervous in the street in front of, you know, such a small crowd of uh, by, uh, people just walking by. And uh, uh, because they were like just there watching me as and uh, the show with Metallica was a huge mass of people that it became blurry and I just focused on the drum so uh, it, it doesn't mean like if you play in a huge place doesn't mean you're going to be more stressed out um, and uh, they, um, but I learned to control it but uh, there was also uh, one time we uh, opened for Rush uh, with a smaller tour in Canada when we uh, released the Nothing Face album, 
and um, uh, uh, they were heroes, of course. And but I had seen people getting booed off the stage, uh, opening for Rush. So I was scared. And but uh, when we played Astronomy Domine from Pink Floyd, the crowd roared louder than the music. So that, uh, that that's where I realized, okay, we're we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, I've got a few more questions to ask you about being on tour because these are the kinds of things that we like to know. Because you know, we we don't go on tour. We've never uh, done that. You know, so we like to know these kinds of fun things. Um, what is your favorite food to eat on the road? Oh my God, that's a tough one. Um, Man, you know, going from one country to the other, uh, it's different. And uh, we try to actually eat the local food as much as we can. So I would just say the local food. As, and because uh, 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 that's where I, it's part of the experience, really. And uh, along with um, walking a bit around the club to check the architecture. And uh, what I must say, uh, uh, the... the um, the walking around, I don't do as much as back in the days because I always have to remember that I'm going to play 90 minutes of double kick drums at night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this year I'm going to be 60. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I try to eat very, very well, uh, sleep a lot. And it's a lot of work where people think you're going on a holiday, but we came, we come back pretty, pretty burnt out. And uh, we, we, uh, we learned like we we've told a lot with napalm death and they're kind of like us where they won't take a day off because it's too expensive so we tend to play back to back and uh for a month or, or more and then uh, it's a lot of work so uh um i think it um must have been around uh, 98 i saw the band white snake uh here in montreal and i was watching tommy uh tommy aldridge he was kicking ass on drums and he looked pretty old already. And I thought, if I want to be that guy later, I have to take care of myself. So I stopped partying and eating badly and all that and tried to uh, keep in shape as much, as much as I can, you know. And I think that um, judging by the last tours we did last year, I think I'm still good for another another ten years. <laughs> nice. All right, excellent. That's great to know. <laughs> yeah. Great to know. Yeah, more um, music to come. Yeah, yeah. Fifty now, years of Voivod coming 50 up. Fifty years yeah. with, with, with with decades decades of touring. <laughs> yeah, You're bound to have a couple outrageous road stories that you can share. I, I'm not asking for you to throw anyone under the bus, but what is one of your most <laughs> you outrageous? Can if you want, well, you can if you want. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. What is one of your most outrageous touring stories that you can share with us? Oh, there were some, uh, the early touring uh, with uh, Celtic Frost, Possess, uh, Creator. Uh, these were pretty insane days. And uh, there was a, a place, um, well, it's not a, a really a place where it's supposed to be heavy, but it's uh, in uh, San Diego uh, where uh, uh, the the guy who booked the show with Celtic Frost and uh, Voivod, he hired his friends. They were like a sort of a gang. They looked like the misfit myth, uh, mixed with skinheads. And but anyway, they beat everybody up. And then, uh, <laughs> and and uh, they were supposed to be the security, you know. 
And then when they realized that they had beat everybody, beaten everybody up, they looked around and, oh, there are bands to beat up. So it, oh. turned, it turned into a huge fight. And uh, it was really, really crazy with a couple of the crew guys we had hired. They were working for Motorhead and they had baseball bats swinging around and uh, uh, wow. and uh, uh, um, Reed St. Mark, the drummer, he was doing a solo where he had normal drumsticks and then bigger drum drumsticks and then huge drumsticks that they put in the drum shops as a demo for fun. And it was doing a solo. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Piggy had grabbed these big drumsticks and was swinging around. <laughs> it was totally insane. And um, uh, so that was a crazy uh, moment. Uh, there was a, a place um, uh, where... Uh, uh, we, um, it was in Dallas, we were playing uh, like, it was almost like a squat, but they had electricity and uh, uh, we were about to go on stage. And uh, this was in the mid eighties as well. And uh, we still were, we were not paid yet. And we told the guys, we're not going on stage if we're not getting paid. He's like, really? And then uh, he goes for a long while and uh the the place was getting packed with what we called car punks <laughs> and uh, uh and they were like uh, uh punks with mohawks with cowboy boots anyhow uh, and uh so uh the guy came back with a pile of money after all right so we played big party everything's cool we go the backstage was a room beside his room the the guy the promoter uh, his office was his bedroom and uh so we're like in our backstage room and then we hear like uh, somebody huge uh, going in the corridor so we looked around and then the the guy is like eight feet tall he's all dressed in white with a cowboy hat and he, he goes with with mirror shades too and he goes uh, past us and he goes right to the promoter and he takes like these big phones from the 80s with the rolling thing you know mm -hmm. takes it off the wall and bangs the guy's head Oh, no. And it's like, uh, when we call, you're going to answer, motherfucker. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then uh, we're like looking at each other like, okay, the tall dude is looking for his money. We have. You just and got paid. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where he take. I don't know where he took the money, but we had to get out of there. So we split by the, the back door to uh, the, the pizza place across the street, came back much later by the back street and then uh, we saw the poor uh, promoter uh, uh, on the sidewalk he had a commotion he was puking and we we're like oh, boy. so we we're like yeah his back of the head was all like he had uh, it was pretty bad and um welcome to usa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it that's about it man right so we're like yeah. so we're telling the guy uh, uh, we were telling the guy like are you okay man and he's like you guys were great. Uh, and then he's like, I'm an asshole. And then, <laughs> and then he starts puking, starts puking again. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so it just kept, you know, these early days kept on going like that with a huge, uh, huge riot in Bochum, Germany, when we played with Possess, where the crowd jumped the stage and destroyed the gear. Uh, the, the security ran for their lives. The, the militia came with dogs and so um oh, wow. but, but it all it all seemed very exciting to us you know it's um i we um we realized there was a dangerous element to it but we were all in our early 20s and uh, 
uh, so it was fun making new friends with uh, these uh, band that the bands were popping all over the place um, and at first we were afraid that because of our accent that uh, yeah, that we uh, wouldn't make it because of it but as soon as we started touring with German bands and uh, Sepultura and all that we realized everybody has an accent nobody right. cares you know <laughs> yeah well that's that's fantastic I love that that metal community kind of coming together and I guess what it is you know no matter no matter what metalheads uh, or people who like good music, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, the music speaks. And I, I yes. guess that's, that's good. Um, just, just make sure you pay and you don't want to be an asshole and not pay someone. Right. You know, <laughs> um, one thing we like to ask is uh, talking about, you know, a lot of bands have contract writers. They have things in their contract writers about specific foods or drinks or something. What, can you tell me or tell us, some of the quirky things uh requests in your contract writer if you have anything kind of that you think is quirky do you have like you know special drinks or uh things like that no it's pretty uh standard and uh, the only uh, point that we have to make sure that there is a vegetarian food for chewy the guitar player and uh that's about it and uh, there are uh, and a pack of Marlboro for Snake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Well, you guys nice. are easy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. All right. Um, I'd like to ask some uh, kind of one-off questions. These these could be uh, just about anything that you know, any topic. So, what would you tell your childhood self about being a professional musician? Oh, I would really. Uh, I mean. I would tell, be prepared to be uh, perseverant. <laughs> if anything, Voivod would be remembered as an example of perseverance in a way. Um, but I have idols that I still admire that I think still release uh, great albums, you know, like Iggy Pop, Ozzy, Magma, Vandergraaf, Judas Priest, you know. Uh, but I, but it's been uh, quite a roller coaster ride with a lot of obstacles. And uh, there were times where uh, people uh, were telling me that I was crazy to keep keeping on. But uh, now that we are more popular than ever, I, I have the feeling that uh, it was uh, a good thing that I did. Was there ever a time when you thought it would uh, that that you would just shut it down, that Voivod would just end at some point? Yes, a couple of times. Uh, uh when uh, snake left in 94 uh when we had the crash in germany in 98 and uh when the with uh, the unfortunate passing of piggy in 2005 so uh yes many times, uh, many times. i had to uh either uh, go back to school to learn 2d animation or 3d animation or uh and uh thinking i would do something else but I'm addicted to uh, travels and uh, to go around the planet playing Voivod music uh, and meeting old friends, new friends is, is really what kept me. Uh, uh, it got, I always got back to music because of that. And uh, we, uh, of course, really, really missed it during the pandemic. So uh, um, at first um, in um End of 2020 and early and uh, early 20 uh, or mid 2021, uh, we uh, we were doing uh, online shows where we were revisiting classic albums like uh, Dimension at Trust and Nothing Face, and it was great. But we couldn't wait um, until we could go back on the road. So in the, 
uh, in the uh, 2021, in the summer, we started doing festivals in the province of Quebec where people were wearing masks. And uh, so uh, slowly but surely, uh, it became uh, more normal. And then in uh, June of last year, we went uh, in USA with Year of the Cobra. Immediately, uh, I, uh, we realized that um, uh, things are getting back to normal. So we did a few festivals uh, in Europe. Uh, a festival in Mexico, um, and then uh, the great, great, uh, a couple of festivals in Quebec, and also a great, great tour with Opet uh, in Europe. And uh, so, um, yeah, we're back. <laughs> nice. That's great. great. Um, you have met so many of your heroes and idols and, and, and other fellow musicians. Can you tell us what non-music celebrity you would most like to have a drink with? Um... Well, I, I, I would have to think about somebody who can draw and that is still alive. Probably Derek Riggs, who did the early Iron Maiden yeah. album. Uh, covers. Oh, yeah. Great Great stuff. Stuff. He's, uh, he's, I think he's my hero. Oh, nice. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, my God. How, how many hours have we spent staring at I, Iron I know. I know. Yeah, you know? We're all big yeah. fans. And Dred and I would get uh -huh. the albums and we would just sit there and look at them. And yeah. especially on an album like Somewhere in Time, where there was so much yeah. involved in all the details, we were spotting like every other song reference in there, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those yeah. those albums, that gets what early fueled our imagination with that band yeah. and just realizing yeah, yeah. they were they were not like any other band out there at, 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 that we had heard of, it, you know? Um, Bro, and the, the visuals, you know, it's like a, when I got into the record shop... Um, I saw it immediately yes. and it stuck it stuck out amongst the other covers and I grabbed it before anybody could. And I was looking at the front, at the back, and I thought, this is my new favorite band. And yeah. then uh, and I paid for it because you couldn't listen listen to it on YouTube back then. And then, <laughs> and then I, I put the needle on at home at my parents' place. And they were my favorite band. I knew the first, you know, uh, notes from the uh, from Prowler, you know, uh, uh, and um, um, so I had that in mind when I did the cover for uh, War and Pain. Uh, I I thought, okay, uh, it has to attract the eye of the kid coming into the the store, and also it has to represent the music and lyrics perfectly. So I was uh, aiming at that, and I was sort of paying homage to the uh, uh, first Aaron Maiden uh, album uh, cover. And then I learned uh, decades later that the people at Metal Blade, the staff, they were really nervous because the drummer was doing the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a stick figure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a pretty bold move, but uh, because I, ha I had only done a, a very tiny uh, painting in high school, um, uh, uh, for um, my uh, grandmother, uh, like a winter scene from Quebec, you know. And um, uh, so to think that I, um, I was going to be able to do the front cover of the album, uh, War and Pain, it was pretty bold. Uh, so it was my real first uh, professional painting. Um, but I think I was able to capture the, the Cold War apocalyptic uh, era, you know. Nice. Well, on top of on top of uh, Voivod's music, um, you're also you know well-renowned artist as well. You actually, I think I read in a another interview, you recently released an art book. You have a collection of art. Yeah, that you have, yeah, yeah. I have uh, two art books, and um, during the pandemic, uh, 
when we were asked to uh, reinvent ourselves, <laughs> uh, I uh, started an online store, awayartpress.com, uh, where I am, uh, I, I can uh, sell my books, my art books. And it has kept me very busy where I have to ship books uh, pretty much every day. And uh, so, which is great. So um, now I have a comic book and a book uh, about uh, the art of Voivod, but I'm uh, working on my next book. Um, every town that we play at the end of the, at the, end of the day, uh, usually on the notepad at the hotel, um, that they supply, uh, I've even used the hotel pen. I draw my impression of the day. Uh, and uh, this is my next book is the uh, road art, you know. How did oh, you develop I, your art style? Because like Voivod, it's a pretty unique style. You know, did, did you go to art school or is this something you just no, developed on your own over time? As, um, as long as I can remember, uh, I was uh, drawing, uh, you know, um, uh, characters uh, that I like cartoons or but the the er, the earliest one I remember drawing is when I was about four maybe uh, I uh, with my family we went to uh, um, relatives for uh, Christmas and my cousin a bit older he had drawn in his uh, room uh, on the wall he had pinned the drawing of uh, Atom Ant and um, I don't know if you remember Atom Ant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Up and, and Adam, uh, Adam Ant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he was my favorite cartoon character. And uh, so I asked him, uh, can you give it to me? And he said, mm, no, but I can show you how to draw it. <laughs> and then uh, I uh, never stopped since. And um, uh, so uh, uh, there was also um, my uh, uh, older uh, aunt. Um, uh, she had... Um, a cabin uh, by a lake where I could go during the weekend. And she always uh, saved, she had newspaper to feed the, the fireplace um, and but um, uh, to start the fire, but she always saved me the uh, weekend uh, cartoon in the Sunday papers. Mm. And uh, this was also something that uh, I loved uh, drawing. I, there was a character called the Phantom. He was, yes. he lived yeah, he yeah. lived in a he lived in a crane uh, in a cranium on an island, and I, I really like to draw him. And um, uh, so, um, but it's really when I saw in the mid seventies, there was a magazine that came out called Metal Hurlant, which became Heavy Metal Magazine, and that's uh, uh, was maybe thirteen or uh, something like that. And I saw it in the I saw it in the racks, and uh, that's where I. Uh, uh, that's where I decided that I wanted to be a graphic artist for that specific magazine. And that's also where I started to uh, create the mythology of Voivod for that magazine, uh, uh, where uh, I, uh, I read the, uh, the book by Bram Stoker, uh, Dracula, where they explained that Dracula was a Voivod, some warlord, warlord you know, and I thought, wow, uh, like uh, a nuclear... Uh, at first I thought, a vampire called Voivod would be great for my comics. And it was more dungeon and dragons oriented uh, with more God as the planet uh, that the Voivod was guarding, you know. Um, uh, but um, they were, um, um, uh, that this was for comics I wanted to make, you know. And But there were a couple of things that appeared in the picture, uh, the Cold War and also um, uh, uh, documentary on the National Film Board called If You Love This Planet about the nuclear stockpiles around the planet. And also 
a, a couple of uh, TV movies like uh, The Day After and uh, the one from England, Treads. Um, and uh, these uh, had the strongest impact on me where the concept became more post-apocalyptic. And um, so um, when we, uh, uh, when Snake joined and uh, we uh, were looking for a name, uh, I mentioned Voivod and uh, uh, the other guys uh, were like, what, what is it? And I explained the concept I had did, I did for my comic books and they were like, this is fucking cool. And we and I ended up uh, um, developing it through the 80s, which was great, you know? Yeah, it's a perfect name for the band and the art. Like it all works together. It's a, it's all cohesive. You know, everything fits really well together. It's you know, science fiction, yeah. science fiction, post-apocalyptic. You get the horror, fantasy, metal. You know, prog. It's it's all in this kind of uh, very interesting concept that you've that yeah. you've created for yourself. And it, uh, it was fun to sit down with Snake and talk about what was going on back then. The uh, the Star Wars uh, project. Uh, uh, by uh, Regan and the, and then uh, shortly after they had the Challenger explosion, the Chernobyl accident, uh, and then we uh, we we were like uh, trying to find a way to um, get the Voivod to uh, go further and further, and I was trying to represent it visually as well, and uh, so uh, we pushed it quite far uh, uh, from uh, some sort of. Uh, uh, nuclear vampire to uh, the Voivod going into space and then on another dimension and then back into his brain uh, for nothing phase and then at one point Snake thought he was a bit caught in a box so that's where we stopped uh, touching it for a while uh, uh, for the uh, Angerat and uh, the Outer Limits uh, and but uh, for a while we uh, we really uh, were trying to uh create new characters to uh throw into the story uh, it was pretty uh pretty exciting well that's awesome uh yeah, do you still read really cool. comic books are you still a comic book fan at all or or do, do you um do you read the phantom i you know i um if i um it's like music for me where um if i have to buy a new album I will. I will usually buy a new album by an old band that I like, uh, and I like. I was saying. I think. I think Magma, uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, um, Van der Graaff Generator. I think they still release really fantastic albums. But it's the same for uh, the artists that influence me. Like my favorite is Philippe Drouillet, and uh, for uh, he drew for Heavy Metal magazine. And if he has a new uh, comic book out, uh, uh, I will buy it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I must say, I've been so busy being a rock and roll drummer that I um, I don't uh, really uh, read that many comics anymore. Uh, but I still, uh, back in the days, I was uh, buying Omni magazine and Discover magazine um, uh, uh, in uh, airports or to go on the road. And that's where uh, Snake and I took a lot of inspiration for uh, the concept. And uh, uh, so I still do that. I uh, buy uh, scientific magazines uh, at airport or on the road. And uh, uh, so that's something that always uh, uh, stayed. Nice. Nice. Well, Michelle, we've got some games we always like to play with our guests. And our first game is called Blast Beats. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question. It's usually a, a, a choice, one, one or the other, and um, or short answer. And I just want you to give the answers as quickly as possible. 
All right. Okay, All right. let's go. Blast beats. Hot dog or hamburger? Burger. Favorite pizza topping? Um, Italian sausage. Paperback or Kindle? Sorry? A paperback oh. or a Kindle? Oh, uh, paperback. Okay. PC or Apple? Apple. Your favorite streaming service? I actually use the main library streaming service down here in Montreal, <laughs> uh, which is a bit old school. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, cappuccino. And your favorite cartoon character? Well, you mentioned Adam Ant, so we got that already. Uh, dog or yeah. dog or cat? Oh, um, oh both. Okay. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Mm, I will say Marvel, but DC is weirder. Okay, definitely. Yeah, true. Um, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster? <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. Dracula or Frankenstein? Dracula. How do you like your steak cooked? Well done. Your favorite sport? Um, oh, man. I will say hockey. Okay. Uh, your favorite movie snack? Popcorn. Your favorite subject in school? Um, chemistry. Your least favorite subject in school? Theater. Your favorite board game? Oh, uh, I think it, it was called Battleship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spielberg or Tarantino? Spielberg. Okay. The best concert you've ever attended? The Keeter's Tour by Iron Maiden. Excellent. Which Which tour? Killers. Killers, 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 the killers. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I wasn't and, even into Maiden at that point. Yeah, That's we got in. I got awesome. in a peace of mind. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and the last hot, last uh, blast beat question your favorite scene or favorite line from This is Spinal Tap? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, uh, I have to uh, remember it properly, but it's the classic one. Um, Bullshit walks. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, ah, I, for, I forgot. Yeah, uh, they're at the party. Yeah. Right. Uh, ah, uh, money, money talks. Money, money talks. Bullshit yeah, walks. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was lost in We're all blanked out, <laughs> right, Mike? Yeah, I think that's it. Money talks and bullshit walks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, here's another game we've got. It's called the hot seat. And okay. I'm going to name a band, and I want you to tell me your favorite album by that band. Okay. Okay. And it's called Hot Seat because people sometimes get a little squirmy, like, oh, they can't figure it out or they don't know the band. And they, you know, but anyway, <laughs> so here we go. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Black Sabbath. Mob Rules. Judas Priest. Um, British Steel. Mm. Scorpions. Uh, Love Drive. Is that the title? Yeah. Yeah. Um, overkill. You know what? I'm a, I'm ashamed to say that I not that familiar with the titles. Although we toured with them and they were good friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. 
That's why we call this hot seat because everybody feels really bad if they don't know a band, right? You know, album. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You can't know. You can't know everybody. Can't know it all. Right. No, know it all. I mean, you have to remember that uh, I, I come from the uh, new wave of British heavy metal, even though we were part of that trash metal scene. Um, um, I'm, I'm more familiar with the uh, my heroes material, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've got we've got a few more to ask you about. Uh, maybe some you'll know, some you don't. Uh, Queensrÿche. Oh, uh, is it Operation Mindcrime? Yeah. yeah. Everybody told us it, it was uh, similar to Damage and Hatros back then. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Motorhead. Oh, uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Mm. I also Car- saw that tour. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carcass. Oh, uh, Heartwork. Heartworks, great. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, Dio. Oh, uh, Dio, um, uh, Holy Diver. Okay, Metal Church. I couldn't say, uh, but I saw them at Walking. Uh, or no, it was actually uh, at uh, Moto Culture in uh, Bretagne, and I was blown away. Nice, awesome. <laughs> uh, the Beatles, the Rubber Soul. Um, Halloween. Even though they were nice uh, label mates, and uh, I, I think they're great, I couldn't I couldn't remember a title of an album. Okay, Rush. Rush with the permanent wave. Mm. Uh, Opeth. Oh, the uh, the the latest one. Oh, uh, in Cotta Venom. Yes, or in Vena Cotta. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I uh, there is one track I can't recall the name, but everybody was singing in the in the room when we uh, last fall when they played it, and uh, I, I actually bought it at uh, the, their merch booth, and Michael <laughs> was really really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we would love to get Opeth uh, on the, on one day. He seems like a really fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, man, is so witty that guy mm-hmm. and so quick. Uh, yeah, it was a, such a fun tour. Mm-hmm. I remember we saw him on the Ghost Reveries tour, and after the first song, they kind of stopped, and he was introducing you know everyone and saying hi. And then he's like, uh, "Does anyone have any questions?" And <laughs> I'm like, "What?" And it's like hands, my hands go up, and he's like, "He answered two people's questions." He's like, "Okay, you." I'm like, "Who does this?" In the, at the beginning of a show, in a concert, so, in a concert, <laughs> asking people if they have questions he can answer. Um, no, it good. was just fantastic. Yeah, when after the first show, um. um uh, with them, you know, I, I chilled out a bit after our gig, and then I went to watch them. And as soon as uh, uh, I started watching them, he was telling the crowd, "So what about Voivod?" And then people cheered, and he is like, "You know that chord?" <laughs> and he's like, "It's theirs." <laughs> <laughs> nice, oh, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, okay, just a few more in the hot seat, Michelle. Uh, yeah. K- King Diamond. Oh, King Diamond. Um, or, or what was the first one, Melissa or? Uh, Mel- that, yeah, Melissa. Uh, that was uh, Merciful Fate. Uh, oh, okay. Diamond's first one was um, uh, fatal, was portrait. fatal, fatal portrait. Oh yeah. man, uh, King Diamond. Um, 
but you I can do a merciful know. fate. That's fine. If you like Melissa, that's fine. You uh, know, he fronts both. Yeah, I'm, more, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely more familiar with uh, merciful fate. I'm sorry, we, oh, but we, but we did a tour in the mid '80s, uh, mid '90s with. Uh, King Diamond, he was doing both Merciful Fate and King Diamond on that tour, uh, which was a really, really amazing. Two shows in a row with the high oh, voice. Wow. And- oh, nice. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, I can, I, man, you know what? The, the worst is I have three or four albums of his and I couldn't say, you know. <laughs> it's Sorry. okay. You probably yeah. have a lot of music. I, I love the fact that you have like personal relationships and stuff with these guys but don't know the music like that's so different like we we know all the music but you know we've never met any of these people yeah. so i think we that's such a one. unique perspective you know it's so cool yeah and then michael gets yeah. mad for you for buying one of their cds that's yeah. that's like the best you know well we we uh, we played with merciful fit in montreal in 84 and then after uh we played and after uh we finished a uh, snake dropped the microphone on the floor and somebody pulled the uh the wire, you know, and took off with the microphone. And uh, so the um, we were going to get paid $300, but the microphone was worth 260 So <laughs> we, got, we got paid, we pay, got paid 40 bucks. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, well, I got two more bands I want to ask you about, or three. Um, okay, uh, Slayer. Um. Oh man, uh, the first one uh, uh, with "Die by the Sword." Um, um, oh, haunting the Chapel. Show no mercy. Show no, no mercy. mercy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. This was uh, uh, this was almost hardcore music back then. I was really into Discharge and everything, and it fit right. And you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice. Um, okay, uh, Kiss. Since you had Kiss alive, what's your favorite Kiss album? Oh, um, Love Gun. And last, Voivod. Favorite album from Voivod. Oof, I'm very proud of War and Pain. Uh, but um, I'm proud of every album, of course. Uh, thank you, Killing Technology. Yeah. Oh, nice. Excellent, excellent. Early stuff. All right. Yeah. 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 And our, our last game I want to play with you Um this is called Name That Festival. Voivod is playing a festival with two other artists. I'm going to spin the wheel of mystery to find these two other bands, and then I'd like you to name the festival that you're all playing at. So let me see if I can uh, share my screen here. All right. see can you see the screen here michelle um, oh yes. just popped up yeah okay i'm gonna spin this is our wheel of mystery and we're gonna see which two other bands voivod is playing with and it could be any any all kinds of different musical genres uh oh our first one uh, beyonce <laughs> all right beyonce all right. nice what nice what a show beyonce and Oh, it's coming around. Oh, oh, looks like oh, Ice Cube. Oh, wait a oh, minute. Ice Cube, That's the Ice rapper. Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube Ice and Cube. Beyonce and Voivod. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing lineup. Okay, Michelle, what would you name that festival? Oh, <laughs> man, that's a toughie. That's a, that's a, yeah. Cow. yeah. 
Oh, Ice Cube, Beyonce, Ice Cube. Voivod. Like, like a non-existing festival. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Nice, nice. Well, that's good. That's good. Nice. <laughs> you know, uh, we are all fans of other artists, um, and, and we like to collect memorabilia, whether it's autographs or, you know, things like that. What is your favorite piece of memorabilia that you have from another artist you admire? Oh, um, trying to figure if I have anything from an artist that I admire. Um, nope. Um, Just not a collector, huh? Yeah. Well, not a collector. I mean, oh, man, I'm trying to think. And um, oh, yes, I do have something that I will uh, never sell, always keep preciously. It's uh, when we did the Fade No More Soundgarden uh, Voivod tour for Nothing Face in 1990 across USA. Uh, Chris Cornell uh, did a painting for me. Uh, it's done on a cafeteria tray and it says uh, on the back, it says Fire Clown for Away. So it's like a big flaming uh, face of a clown. Uh, it's really, really wonderful. So uh, wow. that's... Um, yeah, that's that's what I can think of. Oh, that would very be amazing. Nice. That wow. is very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we had mentioned earlier, you've got this uh, big plans for the 40th anniversary of Voivod and touring Europe and the States. Um, and uh, you've got this great lineup here with, with Testament and Exodus, two of our favorite bands. What How an awesome did, show. I know, it's going to be an amazing cow. show. <laughs> How did this tour lineup um, come about? Well... Um... I think it's uh, probably because of the open tour where we suddenly got offered um, um, this great bill across Europe, but also um, bigger festivals like Hellfest, uh, Walken, and uh, this year. So uh, I would say that the open tour was a, a great investment for us um, in that in that sense. But we also played last year uh, in June uh, with Exodus in the state of New York, uh, where we were introduced. Uh, Voivod, where we were introduced into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, and uh, we uh, we had a great blast with these guys, and um, it might have helped. And um, uh, also, when we reformed in 2008, uh, we were immediately invited by testament to play tokyo with them uh, two nights um and um at the trash domination <laughs> festival and we stayed very uh, good buddies and we had played with them in the 80s uh, but uh yeah so we these are three bands three old school bands that really get along it should be uh, very very cool Mm -hmm. yeah, still putting out great show. music <laughs> yeah all, all three bands great are putting music. out amazing music yeah. um yeah we we uh, it's going to be a, a great, great show. Wow. So you're touring the Europe and then bring it to the States. Um, do you, can you, are you at Liberty to saying like where at in the United States you're going to be playing? Cause this would be a hell of a show <laughs> to go see. Are you well, coming to Ohio? Or are you coming to the Cleveland area? Perhaps maybe I could just narrow the search. Um, it's uh, actually, we had to, uh, uh, court uh, to cut the sh the tour short to go with Exodus and Testament because the uh, the offer came uh, all of a sudden and so it's going to be mainly 
uh, eastern part of the USA, but we are going to Texas uh, at the end. And but um, uh, it's right. We are headlining, uh, and uh, um, it's probably gonna be announced uh, uh, like this week, uh, uh, early February, you know, and so. Uh, um but i can't really say where right now and with whom <laughs> sorry <Okay>. no no <laughs> that's fine that's yeah. fine we know those things are are kept secret for a reason you know, <laughs> until until the announcements are made and that's completely fine we understand um but we appreciate that so uh, we would love to come see you sometime but um if you ever are in cleveland uh if we get a chance to come see you we'll make sure to say hi <laughs> you know we'll come yeah, by yeah. i'm sure you'll remember us <laughs> yeah right. right um we're so memorable that's right yeah. that's right that's <laughs> Right. These faces, huh? yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's, there's one last thing we'd like to ask, Michelle, if you don't mind. We always like to ask for our guests to provide a bumper for us. You can say this is Michelle Longevin of uh, Voivod, and you're watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Would you be able to do something like that for us? Heavy Metal Horror. All right. Hello, this is Michelle Away Langevin from Voivod, and you're listening and watching Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Excellent. Perfect. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on our show today. Um, we've tried to be mindful of your time. We don't want to keep you all evening. And we <laughs> certainly appreciate the time that you spent with us and, and getting to know you a little bit. And, and we are really excited to uh, hopefully uh, see you sometime in the States later on this year. Yeah, well, you know, um, Again, again, you know, uh, we have such a loyal uh, following that we don't take it for granted. So we'll really be happy to uh, go on tour again. And we always, after the show, uh, go to the merch booth to hang out, take photos, sign everything that we can. And we can't wait. Oh, that's going to be great. That's going to be great. Uh, wonderful. So we're going to do our outro and we're going to invite you to join us when we say heavy metal horror and bring up the horns. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, this has been Montag Mass Revolution. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I haven't done yeah, that yet. Gotta I got to do, do our commercial. commercial. We got a commercial. Hold on. Just give us 10 yeah, more we have seconds. Break. It's okay. That's right. No, yeah, we're a little rusty. So it's all right. Uh, <laughs> Pull it okay. together, man. I know, I know. I got my notes right here in front of me. You can find Heavy Metal Horror on unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. Our YouTube page, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. If you're watching, that's probably where you're at. But we're also, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. And we're also on Roku, Hotel Metal Jam. If you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. Ah, now we go. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Chop Top. And Dreadbull. And you've been watching and listening to, all right, Michelle, bring up the horns. <laughs> Heavy, Heavy Metal, metal Horror. <laughs> this is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>